everyone. This is Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Everything is Football. Don't go away. Hello, everyone. My name is Mark Geshwin, and welcome to another EIF podcast. I am once again with Tomas Horsell, and today we also have two guests on the show because we wanted to get uh, some Real Madrid presence to aptly uh, justify our name, which has colloquially become EIF Madrid throughout Twitter. Um, so we brought in Kian Sobani, who is the chief editor editor of Managing Madrid, and we have our good friend Jenna Chami, who is quite the Madridista and is quite excited about all the results uh, recently. So we wanted to get them in and discuss the results, the draw that happened today, and anything else that happens to come into our mind uh, in the realm of Real Madrid. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about Barcelona because I'm sure they would love to throw a couple cheap shots at them because they might be a little <laughs> happy about what happened in Rome on Tuesday. So uh, thanks for having, thanks for coming on, guys. Really appreciate it. And we'll start with Ken. Um, just to talk us through uh, sort of like the emotions of that game. You know, were you always confident they would get it done even after going down 3 0? I mean, I know Tomas and I were. Um, it was actually funny because, you know, as the goals sort of kept running in, I actually wasn't able to watch the game. So Tomas was kept texting me the updates like 1 0, 2 0, 3 0. And after every single point, I was like, not going to happen, not going to happen, not going to happen. And I texted my brother. I was like, 3-0 Juventus, are you watching? And he's like, Mark, it's not going to happen. Sergio Ramos in the 90th. And I'm like, Sergio Ramos isn't playing. And he's like, well, it'll be Ronaldo in the 90th. And lo and behold, Cristiano Ronaldo got his penalty in the 90th and sealed the game. So, Kian, what did you think of the game, the emotions of it, everything? First of all, can I answer your question with another question? What, what does it mean? What does it mean when you guys have the EIF Real Madrid cloak? Are you guys people accusing you of being biased towards Madrid? <laughs> yes, we get that. We, we get that more than you know. <laughs> like, it is it is one of the things. It's honestly kind of just become a joke. We have uh, people like have made like memes of us with you know they'll put they'll Photoshop an image of Real Madrid's logo or and our logo with some sort of whatever it might be. Very inappropriate <laughs> basically, image. Yeah. Basically implying that we just love Real Madrid, which couldn't really be farther from the truth we just like to say what's on our mind and that's all <laughs> but yes we get that a lot <laughs> it is staggering how how people interpret everything you you put out whether it's like we've put out things about isco or casimir or whoever and in that same piece in the same tweet one person will say why are you anti-isco and then the next reply <laughs> will be like why do you why are you an isco apologist it's like the, the wonders of which, twitter which the wonders, wonders of twitter no <laughs> anyway, what was the question? Sorry, how did I feel? I felt like I was going to throw up the whole time. Oh my! It was God. very uncomfortable, and I'm sure Jenna probably feels the same way. And yeah, if, yeah, 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 it was oh it was super uncomfortable. You know what? I I talked to Adam Digby after the right after the game. He's a very well known Italian football journalist. He's a big Juventus fan, and. The fact that he actually came on right after the game finished, after that fiasco, the way it ended, and he was very level-headed, it impressed me. But one of the things he had mentioned, he's like, I don't think there's any way Juventus pulls this off if Roma didn't pull off what they pulled off. Like, that fueled belief in them. And I think, like, the margin of error for Real Madrid was so large in this game that everything... For this to actually collapse, everything that had to go wrong had to go wrong. And everything did. That... Everything that could have gone wrong did. Whether it was the early goal for Juve, uh, Allegri taking advantage of Marcelo, you know, the lack of coverage for him, 
bullying Carvajal at the far post with those crosses. And the Isco disallowed goal, the Varan hitting the bar at halftime. Nothing was just going our way. And then when Kaler's blunder happened, it was like, it really felt like, it really felt uncomfortable, I won't lie. Definitely. Um, I mean, obviously, the, the, the emotions in that game were wild. But it's like I said, see, if you're, if you're distanced from Real Madrid, you're so used to them always pulling it off that it's like I said, like they were, they were oh, we never had a doubt that they were going to come through with this. It's exactly like what Marcelo said, you know, it's not, it wasn't the same thing wasn't going to happen in Barcelona because they're Real Madrid. So Jenna, I know I, it's different being a fan because you're more involved. Um, yeah. But, you know, maybe, maybe taking emotions out of it a little bit. Um, would you, wh- why did Real Madrid struggle so much? Um, and did that, does that maybe frighten you a little bit for the potential semifinal that you guys, you know, performed so well yeah. in the first leg, but struggled so much in the second leg? And maybe like, why do you think that they struggled so much? Yeah, I mean, like in the first leg, it was it was easier for me to watch the game. It felt like we were going to win it, and then in the second leg, I was so scared. And because the last the the night before, Roma pulled that comeback and managed to knock Barca out of the uh, out of the league, so it felt like oh shit, this would give uh, Juventus uh, some some hope for doing that, and they did. And they and uh, something was wrong in the team, but not quite uh clear what the thing what the what was actually wrong because they had possession most of most of the time and they weren't playing really bad there was something missing in the uh, in defending but the overall game wasn't bad but the goals weren't going in this was this was the main problem like if you want to compare how both teams played uh, you could say maybe Real Madrid played even better. And the rest was just like defending mistakes. And uh, yet Vallejo, Vallejo, I don't know how it's pronounced. Close enough, that works. <laughs> he still did a great job uh, defending, considering like he's playing a game that, uh, that's very important and he's not being uh, given enough time to... Uh, to uh, like just manage to feel uh, connected with it, with the players, so I think um, it wasn't a bad game overall. It just happened to um, be an unlucky game, if you might say. And even like the referee, the, the referees weren't or weren't on our side, uh, as opposed to what everyone was saying. So uh, I think it was a good game. So I mean, I mean I that's, that's that's certainly that's certainly fair, and like Real Madrid definitely had their chances. Obviously, Isco scored, and probably could have been given as on, as onside. It was a tight one, so you're never going to necessarily get those to go your way. Um, but Kian, I want to come to you uh, and Tomas because this is something that we've discussed a lot uh, and debated a lot, which is basically who should play with Ronaldo up front. Um, you know, whether that should be Benzema, who's tended to be the striker that plays with him. Um, sometimes it's been Bale, as we saw uh, uh-huh. in the game, um, or whether or not they made me go with like an Asensio or a Lucas Vazquez and sort of change the system a little bit and have Ronaldo kind of play on his own. Um, so this is kind of going to be a two-part question here. Um, so it's basically who, what player do you like to see most with Ronaldo? Is that Benzema? Is that Bale? Is that someone else? Um, and who... Um, you know, in your mind, what is your preferred lineup going forward? Because it now seems that 
you know, there may be some sort of doubt in Zidane's mind um, about what his preferred lineup is, or do you think he goes kind of back to his tried and tested lineup that won him the Champions League last year, which is going to be the normal 4-4-2 um, with Isco in there and with Benzema and Ronaldo and Bale on the bench? Um, so, Ken, I'll start with you. Uh, what do you think? And then also, what, do you, what did you think of sort of Bale's performance in that game um, against Juventus? Well, I think this, this is a loaded question, and it's you kind of have to look at, at look at it very holistically and, and kind of like work your way up. And it, there's dominoes that you, that kind of have to fall in order for you to kind of figure out who's playing up front. And one is it, is Casemiro need. And if you kind of like to me, if you go back and, and look at the tactical issues against Juventus, like. Juventus played really well. They defended well, like vertically. Vallejo and Varane had very little options trying to hit their passes out of the back. Uh, and their press, strategic press, Allegri's strategic press really made Casemiro uncomfortable. And I, we're, we'll probably talk about this with Bayern because Bayern is another team that really emphasized, they, they recognized Casemiro was not a very press-resistant player and they really breathed down his neck and they, they were able to dispossess him and have a bunch of uh, attacking opportunities, and I think the the question of who plays with Ronaldo is is also can you create an extra attacking uh, position in the team by sacrificing Casemiro, right? So like when Casemiro came off for Asensio, I think one you had better coverage from Marcelo because Asensio actually would drop in behind Marcelo and help. On that flank, he also provided better attacking outlets, and Casemiro like waited for Zidane to mask his uh, his ability on the ball to deal with the press. He would often send them higher, and Modric and Kroos weren't always in positions to cover for him, and that had a bunch of defensive dominoes. And I think Asensio solved that problem more or less. And then you, you asked about Bale. I think I won't lie. Like I'm, I, I like Zidane and what he does. And if I was in charge of the team, Real Madrid would be relegated. So it's I, I feel inadequate almost. But I would also I'd also say that I, it disappoints me how short Zidane's leash is with Bale because to me he didn't do much wrong to be taken off. And you, it's not like Lucas Vasquez as great as he is. And I really like Lucas Vasquez. He's one of the best uh, two-way players in the team. Defends really well. Uh, works his ass off, and there's zero complaints with Lucas Vasquez. But to me, Bale is just a better version of him. And I think his IQ without the ball is very good. There were moments where he could have done better defensively. Maybe Vasquez helps there. But I think if it were up to me and kind of go back and answer this question, is I think you can sacrifice Casemiro without having a defensive drop-off, which creates an extra position where you can slide around Madrid's best front six players in, which is... Isco, Asensio, and Bale all together behind Ronaldo with Cruz and Modric behind them with Kovacic filling in as a rotational piece. And I think, I know Ronaldo doesn't like playing up there on his own, but to me, it's like too bad. You, you've, every time you played in that position, you've done it well. So I think I, I would, that's what I would like to see. So I would like to see Bale on the left flank consistently as someone who the coach really trusts and he has, and he's given all the confidence in, in the world. He can be an alpha male player where he gets a lot of touches on the ball and he's not isolated as a center forward, and he can feed Ronaldo a ton of goals in that kind of scheme. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of a key in here on, on a lot of these points. I think Zidane sometimes is a little harsh on certain players. I think what we saw with Bale in this game certainly didn't warrant to you know be pulled immediately 
when things started going wrong. I think talking about Casemiro, I remember texting Mark during the game and I said, I think Zidane just made a mistake by taking Casemiro out. And while I agree with Kian that you, you don't necessarily need Casemiro to have that defensive, I guess, shield uh, or solidity, I think that in that game, uh, especially the way Modric was playing, I would have personally taken out Modric and maybe brought on Kovacic. I think taking out Casemiro when Modric was playing the way he was kind of spiraled things out of control. Not not saying that Casemiro was any good because he certainly was way below his usual standards. But I think Zidane there maybe got it slightly wrong. Uh, but like I said uh, to Mark earlier this week, what we love about Zidane is that he's not scared to make changes. I mean, I personally, I'm a Chelsea yeah. fan, so watching Antonio Conte every week makes me want to jump out the window because that man will wait until the 88th minute, bring on three guys when the game's lost, and then you, you know, it's like, what's the point? So at least you know Zidane's always going to go for it. So we saw against PSG, he made the changes. They were right against Juve, a little more questionable, but in the end, still get the result they needed. So I, I like what Zidane does. I think, referring to Benzema here, I think that I'd be surprised if he stayed on after this season. I've been saying all year that what he does is great. Uh, a lot of people always say, oh, you know, it doesn't matter that he's not getting the goals. He does all this for Ronaldo and his movement. It, it's not good enough for Madrid. It's, it's what, the last time he scored in knockout stages was against Napoli. In the last Champions League, I think he scored five goals in the knockout stages since 2014. That's dreadful for a team like Madrid. I don't care how good your movement is. I think if you're Madrid, you can get someone who can do what Benzema does, but also bring in the goals uh, that, that he just doesn't bring and hasn't been bringing this year. So I think Benzema will be leaving in the summer. I think the Bayo dilemma won't last that long. And it'll be, I'll be interested to see if they get rid of Bayo as well as Benzema or if they decide to really give Bayo a chance and maybe change the formation uh, going forward. But overall, this game, I think, it's like Mark said, it's what we see from Madrid. You just know that they're going to get a goal eventually. Being in the 90th minute, being extra time, they, they were always going to get that goal. And to, just to end my, my rant here, I just... To people who say that wasn't a penalty, I mean, come on! He's look at the size of Lucas Vasquez. Look at the size of Benatia. You can you just see Vasquez's face when he gets blindsided by Benatia. Man, literally opens his eyes and is is like in shock. He's not doing it for the cameras, so it's a clear penalty. Uh, people saying it wasn't a penalty. I I don't know what game you're watching, and and to Barca fans, don't complain about the referee because you it's 09. You have the biggest robbery in the history of football. Six one might be top three. So Barca fans should really just take a back seat right now and worry about their own problems because they have a lot. So let's focus on Madrid. Wow. What was it? What was yeah. Yeah. Showing their true Madrid cloak. Amazing. I oh love it. See, this is where I always have to jump in and be the voice of reason. Because Tomas, Tomas tends to be a pa- passionate individual who, who lets his colors show. And I try and be the more reserved one. So, you know, if you ever, if you ever see a night, a real passionate tweet coming from our account, you'll know, you'll know who that's coming from now. And you'll see me smoothing things out and trying to, trying to, trying to be the voice of reason. So now, so now you know the dynamic of what we got there. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so you guys brought up two points that I want to continue. Uh, I kind of want to jump on. Um, one of them is Casemiro. And the other one is sort of like the the Benzema dilemma. Um, and so I'll start with Casemiro. And this is something that we've noted for a really long time. And honestly, um, it's, got, it's gone. It, it almost started immediately when Casemiro was thrust into the team by Zidane all the way back when he first took over. So he always played an interesting role. Um, because he's not very good on the ball. Um, so Zidane never really wanted to trust him as the deepest player in possession. 
So he often, you know, as, as people, as like rounder Twitter likes to joke, you know, he kind of plays this false nine role because he pushes so far forward in the attack because they don't want him, um, you know, instigating the attack of the ball. So he's left for Modric or Cruz to drop back. Um, and so that's been quite successful. It, it's worked. I mean, they're, they're, they've won two champions leagues. They might win a third. Um, so it, it has, you know, it clearly has worked, but at the same time, um, it leaves them quite vulnerable at, times if the possession um you know if modric and Cruz and the rest of the team are not clicking perfectly because you lose possession and instead of casemiro being the deepest player to break up the attack it's modric and Cruz who for all of their glory the two very best center mids in the world uh not the greatest at tackling so it, you were saying that you know kian you were saying you know you're not so sure about whether or not Casemiro is needed. Um, so actually I'll go to Jenna first before you can chime in on this and you can kind of elaborate more on your Casemiro point. Um, but going forward, do you think that that tactic needs to sort of be toned down in the sense that they need to be more conservative with where Casemiro plays on the field? Because do you think that that could, um, potentially come back to bite them against Bayern Munich? Um, I feel like, with our state this season specifically, uh, with our striking, uh, with our problem with strikers, I feel like everyone's forced to just go forward, like even in defenders. So I understand Casemiro's like uh, decision and in, in trying to, to move forward, and, and he's he's uh, he's aggressive in doing that as well. So I would understand uh, why he. Uh, he would take such decisions, but sometimes it costs us a lot. So I feel like, yeah, uh, it would cost us against Bayern because uh, they can manage uh, to handle Casemiro, uh, unlike other teams. So it is a bit tricky. And I think uh, I think he is needed at the team. He is very much needed, unlike uh, what other Real Madrid, Real Madrid fans would think. But uh, I just feel like not all the players that we have right now are playing in their right uh, positions. And this is why uh, sometimes it feels like even Isco like, plays sometimes a, a free role and, and uh, Marcelo becomes, suddenly becomes a, becomes a striker. So uh, I don't think the problem is with Casemiro specifically. I, I feel like it's the whole system. Yeah. But um, I don't know what what do you have to say about this? No, I mean, yeah, it's 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 one that Tomas and I talk about it a lot with Zidane's tactical flexibility. Um, he's very sort of his 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 confidence in his players is like is pretty uh, remarkable. He he trusts them to with uh, he trusts them a lot um, with what he wants them to do. It's not. You know, it's not Pep Guardiola. It's not you're going to play here, you're going to play here, you're going to play here, you're going to play yeah, here. Stay in your no role. It's, 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 it's very, very flexible, and he very much, you know, is aware. You know, I have very, very good players. I have very, very intelligent players. I'm going to, you know, give them the general framework, and I'm going to let them sort of, you know, figure it out on the field. Um, yeah. You know, but the Casemiro thing is a is something that's almost seems to be getting away from him, which is something that you were alluding to, Ken. You know, it, it, whether he's really needed, and I think that's because he's almost getting he's almost getting too cavalier um, with how far he pushes forward. And you know, maybe it's time for Zidane to to be Zidane the coach again, Zidane the tactician again, and say, you know, no, you know, 
be more reserved, be more conservative. And knowing Zidane and knowing, you know, Real Madrid in general in the Champions League, you do get the sense that he will do that against Bayern Munich. But, yeah. um, you know, do you see it being the same way, Ken? Do you think that that's, you know, really the, the, the important issue? Or for you, would you say, you know what, Casemiro, if you're going to play like this, why would we play you? I'd rather play someone like Kovacic or whatever. <clears throat> well, I think when Jenna says the problem is the system, I think she's 100% bang on. Like, she's correct. I think we we've witnessed so many different schemes and so many different players and rotations, especially during the first half of the season, which everything went wrong and every single player was suffering. And I think that was the most telling sign that it's, it's beyond the blame of individual players. It's that everyone suffers in a scheme that if one person's out of position, everyone suffers. And I think Casemiro does a, a lot of good things on the field. And that, that goes without saying he also has limitations and, one thing that helped last season is when Casemiro would go forward injured that way, which by the way, he did on certain occasions, whether it was, you know, like it's, I think it peaked in the super cup, like his goal against Manchester United was like the perfect example. But that the last season, Modric and Kroos were very in sync with when Casemiro goes forward and they covered for him. And this season we haven't seen that as well. And yeah. everybody suffers. And because, because Modric and Cruz aren't covering for them, all of a sudden in defensive transition, you have poor Varane or Ramos like fending off these waves of attacks. And to me, also, that's the biggest sign of like how great Varane has been is anyone who doesn't understand what Varane brings to the table, like they just they just have to realize that he gets put to the sword and abandoned game in, game out, and he still stands out somehow. And he's been a godsend. So I think that... But the fact that we put him in that position is is not a good sign, and like we should we should be preventing that altogether. And I think, to me, Casemiro is not the type of player that is necessary to start every single game because because we have enough sample size that the four two three one with and it can be Kovacic like Kovacic just slid in there when Casemiro hasn't played like in a double pivot with either Kroos or Modric, and any time we've done that, there's been no defensive drop off. Why? Because we can keep possession better. We limit opportunities. We actually have some ability to counterpress. Kovacic is a ball carrier. He can break presses. Mm-hmm. And we have, they're surrounded in a double pivot by a bunch of two-way players who can help control the game. And I, and I think for that reason, I would like to see us use that scheme more often because I think we, we can actually be better offensively without sacrificing defensive shape with that mm-hmm kind of ideology so i'm going to come to tomas and now we'll 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 change gear a little bit and we'll talk more directly about um we've alluded to it but we'll talk more directly about uh real madrid versus Bayern munich because that is obviously the semifinal of the round um it's the it's the probably the game that we all would have loved to see in the final um but now we get two legs of it so that's just better isn't it (laughs) um so tomas obviously Bayern Munich are, you know, I think we would agree, are the best team besides Real Madrid left in this. So this is, you know, in in essence, kind of the final. Um, Bayern Munich have improved a lot, um, especially since Heinkes took over. Um, You know, Real Madrid's low knee, James Rodriguez, has been unbelievable so far this season. Um, What do you, just quite generally, what do you make of the tie you know, as of now, like what direction are you leaning and who's going to advance? Um, and what are the sort of 
I suppose, key battles um, and storylines that you're looking at uh, in this game? Well, I'd just like to point out, Mark, that when Heinkes took over in like November, I told you Bayern are going to go to the Champions League semis or final, and you kind of laughed off, you know, laughed at me and said, no way, this is all going to be PSG or Madrid. But here we are, and Bayern right now look absolutely unstoppable. And having watched a lot of them in the Bundesliga, it's it's not only a case of their players just being so good, and I've, I've touched upon this in, in a previous podcast, it's the fact that almost like Madrid, when they walk into a game, they they just know they're the better team, and they, they have the confidence to go along with that. And when you combine that with the quality of the players and how well they're playing right now, they're very hard to stop. You, know, you have a striker who's a top three striker in the world. You have a right back who's, you know, long reincarnated. You have Hamas playing absolutely out of his mind right now, and Boyer Madrid probably regretting agreeing to a fee uh, for Byron to buy at the end of the season. So they could have definitely gotten a lot more for him uh, had they not put that into the contract. And hopefully he doesn't come back to, to make them pay for, for loaning him out and not having enough faith in him. Because as we saw with Courtois against Chelsea a few years ago, was loaned out to Atletico and was arguably the best player in that semifinal. So we've, we've seen it happen before. But I think a big problem for Madrid is, is the fact that the best defender in the world might be suspended in the first leg. And, you know, a lot of people are always talking about, well, I mean, it won't be. Sure. hopefully not. I mean, I, don't, I keep reading different reports, so I'm, I hope he's not. But apparently, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, I read that if the, the referee apparently included him in the match report, and that means that at least it's up for review whether he can play or not. So I, ho- I hope it doesn't. I, I think it would be a little harsh. Uh, although we've seen Xabi Alonso in the past when he stormed the pitch to celebrate of, uh, the Madrid players in the final, he was suspended for a game next yeah. season. So I, I don't think Ramos uh, is apparently, apparently he's not been suspended. Right, so, so that's, but, that's like, great news. Alonso's case was different. Like he ran on the pitch. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's a, according, according, according to Twitter, he will play. I mean, yeah, well, uh, so hopefully if Ramos plays... Um, I think it definitely makes a big difference. Not to take anything away from Vallejo, who, who had a great game, uh, given yeah, the circumstance. And also Nacho, we don't know for sure if he'll be fit or not. But if Ramos is there, that definitely helps a lot. And when people say, oh, Ramos, you know, he's only known for his red cards and, and he's overrated and this and that, you just need to watch that Juve game. Um, I'm not saying he would have stopped those Mandzukic goals, for instance, because that was always going to go to the back post where, where he was going to be up against Carvajal and, and Ramos plays on the left of the center of the defense, but when it's kind of like what Kian and Janet uh, touched upon, the fact that Madrid's system is always so, you could say, flexible and, and fluid that it often leaves so many gaps when they're hit and, and teams that go at them, and Ramos has to do the job. Ramos and Veron have to do the job of so many people. Ramos especially with Marcelo, who, as we've seen before, seeing the 2014 World Cup, Demon bombs up the pitch, and then you have someone like Cruz, who in that game was on the other side, will exploit that space. And for Brazil, Dante and Luis couldn't do it. But for Madrid, you see Varane and Ramos covering for that every week, covering for uh, Casemiro's, uh, Casemiro's deficiencies. So I think that's it's huge if he plays. And I think at the end, I think Madrid win this. For me, it's all it's the dream semifinal because I really want to see a Madrid-Liverpool final. And I think a Bayern-Madrid two legs, uh, it's going to be absolutely amazing to watch. And we know that Bayern, with the way they're playing right now and uh, how angry they're probably you know feeling after the way they went out, uh, to Madrid in the past, uh, they're going to be up for this game. So I stick with Madrid here, but I think it'll be close. And like I've said before, I think the only team that could beat Madrid over two legs is this is this Bayern Munich team. So it'll be a huge test. But when you have Ronaldo there, 
you know, you know who's going to score, and you know Madrid are going to go yeah. through. Yeah, and you alluded to it that the the Bayern Munich will certainly feel aggrieved after last season because um, you know to sort of to sort of show our uh, show our true impartialness here. Uh, now, Bayern Munich Real Madrid Tomas was the worst refereeing match I've ever seen in my entire life. Hang up, just the hang biggest up, Mark. robbery, hang up, man. the Come biggest on. robbery I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, so I think Bayern Munich will certainly want to avenge that because they will feel that. They were probably better on the night, and if it weren't for the referee, they may have advanced, and that you know is potentially true. Um, so, Jenna, you know, just going to this game, what are um, we'll, we'll maybe steer clear of Real Madrid a little bit because we've talked about them so much. What sort of scares you the most about Bayern Munich, and what do you think is going to be the most important um, for Real Madrid to sort of contain? Is that Lewandowski? Is that James? Is that Robin? Um, you know, what frightens you the most about Bayern Munich? And then similarly, what do you think that Real Madrid should sort of look to do? Um, um, to sort of, you know, what weaknesses might Bayern have that you think that Real Madrid could, could potentially exploit? You know, at first I, I I was a bit scared that we that we drew Bayern, but then I thought in the quarterfinals uh, they played against Sevilla, and um, I didn't watch the games. Did you? Yeah, they were they were they weren't very good. They definitely they definitely got lucky in in both legs, especially the first leg. Both goals were very. Very fortunate, and yeah. Sevilla deserve more. Yeah, so I'm not very sure that it's going to be like a very tough game, but I think they'll give their all to to just like uh, like get their revenge or something because it feels like uh, each time each time we we knock them out and uh, it's the case always. So I feel like it's going to be tough mentally, but not on the pitch. Uh, what I what I feel like Real Madrid should do I feel like Isco should start as <laughs> as a starter I feel like Isco should start I feel like uh, uh, Benzema should start next to Ronaldo uh, not Bale not Asensio Asensio or Bale should uh, be the um, super subs maybe Asensio preferably, but I feel like Benzema understands Ronaldo much better than the rest, especially in such games because they've had like way more experience together, and such games need need much experience. So, um, and maybe maybe I'd pick Kovacic, um, and I'll bench Casemiro. I feel like uh, Kovacic will, and Isco, maybe together they would uh, they would keep the possession for us for a long, for a long while because we need to oh, we need to make it easy for us. I just I just can't think of things right now. I just, I want it to be over. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm a bit scared. <laughs> I mean, I certainly I, I certainly agree with the fact that um, I think that. If the, the the interesting battle here is going to be in the midfield because obviously Bayern Munich um, with Thiago and Vidal and James and Javi Martinez playing in there that's you know obviously one of their strong suits and at the same time um, you know that's obviously Real Madrid's strong suit with when they play with the four in midfield. Um, so Kian, I'll ask you basically the same question. You know what what are you worried about with uh, with Bayern Munich and what so what's what scares you 
as from a Real Madrid perspective? Oh. And then at the same time, you know, what do you think? What are the areas um, that, Barca, that, Real Madrid, that Real Madrid could uh, exploit? First of all, am I supposed to just let that slide when you said there was a robbery last season? Uh, I don't know. Thank you. I think you're supposed to prove that you can be an objective party here and acknowledge that. <laughs> yeah, I thought the same too, by the way. <laughs> How dare you? Thomas, can I trust you after we're done recording to kind of pinpoint all the ways that it shouldn't have even gone to extra time because of all the, the ways Real Madrid the calls I went against. Can you explain Oh, trust me. We, we, we might have to make a video about it just to shut up Mark and, and some of the Barca <laughs> fans complaining. Um, <laughs> what worries me about Bayern? Um, I, I don't know. Like it's, it's, <clears throat> it's funny because I was watching that video of Vidal. I'm sure you guys seen it by now when he was watching yeah. the Ronaldo penalty yeah. kick in the stands and he was furious that Real Madrid advanced. And I thought to myself, he's going to be so fired up to play against us. And oh. uh, it reminded me of just how gut-wrenching every single Real Madrid against Bayern Munich game is for both sides and both sets of fans because it's always so tightly contested. It's always so heated. And it's very like last season's this is why also by the way i don't like playing the second leg at home because i feel like there's so much pressure at the burnabout and we always see if we have an advantage we always seem to make it closer than it should be just and the other team always seems to to kind of learn what they made the mistakes they made in the first leg and kind of rectify it and i think but i will say like what worries me about them is they have so many different options and, and things that we have to worry about as a, as a defensive uh, just in our, in our defensive tactics because last season we played very narrow and and it's kind of counterintuitive to play like that against a team with Robin and Ribery and, and, and all these great players who can burn you on the flanks but our idea was to isolate Lewandowski and cut off the supply to him with crosses and take him out of the game and It'd be interesting to see if Zidane goes that way and does that again, especially with the success that Mandzukic had at the far post against us. And I'm really glad Ramos will be back to kind of help us aerially, but also positionally, because Vallejo, as promising as he is, his struggle is a bit aerial, like even with, with Frankfurt last season, that's what that was one of his his weaknesses. And last season, we also had Nacho play against Bayern, so we suffered on set pieces on a corner. So it's, it's difficult to only have Varane in in our back four who can do that and especially like that was worried that was something that worried me at halftime when we brought off Casemiro and Bale against Juve it's like because those two actually helped us in the air set pieces too and then all of a sudden we only have Baran. that kind of scared me but we got away with it and I think having Ramos back is is huge in that sense but it'll be interesting because we have to take Lewandowski at it we have to kind of strategically double up on the flanks and give Marcelo coverage against Robin. We have to deal with Vidal as a box-to-box player who under uh, Henkes is very good at joining the attack the way Casemiro doesn't maybe do that well. Uh, Vidal does it at a very elite level and creates extra danger. And if James plays, which I think it'd be crazy if he didn't, I think Bayern would be out of his minds not to start him because history tells us that if Ramja sends a player on loan, that player comes back to knock us out of the Champions League. And <laughs> that, that scenario does terrify me, especially the way Hamas has been playing this season. He's been brilliant. He's consistently been a focal point for them, creating, creating key passes out of nothing when he plays. 
So all that stuff worries me. And on the, I mean, on the flip side is that Bayern also has a lot of things to worry about in terms of what we what we bring to the table. So it'll be interesting. It'll be tight. I don't see it being a blowout for either team. And I, I'm kind of 50-50 on it. Well, shout out, Fernando, shout out Fernando Morientes. Can James play the Morientes role in 2018? I thought a couple years ago. Morata, yeah, definitely, exactly. Definitely a couple <laughs> years ago because current Morata would probably be hitting it into the stands at the Bernabeu. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I know exactly. And I think I think those are all um, certainly valid points. And if it was from my perspective, just to add in a little bit of, you know, I, I can I'm the moderator here, but I can add it. I can chime in every once in a while. Um, I, I think that the area that is going to be so interesting in this game is that when two teams that are so, so good at attacking face each mm-hmm. other, I it's it's basically it's all going to come down to who is the most lethal and who is the most clinical. And when you have Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, you have to fancy your chances. And it kind of reminds me of the Real Madrid PSG game, to be honest, because PSG for, you know, everyone says in the end, the aggregate score was something ridiculous. I don't remember five, one, five, two, whatever it was. Um, and you know, a lot of people said PSG got dominated, all this stuff. They really didn't show up. But I mean, if you go back to it and you look back to, especially the first leg when Neymar was, was playing, I mean, it easily could have been three nil before Real Madrid even scored. I mean, they went up one nil. Yeah. had a very, very, very good chance. Um, Mbappe had a good chance as well. Neymar, you know, had a couple opportunities where he could have slipped someone through. I mean, it could have been, it could have been three nil before they even had a chance. And I think that, you know, that game just perfectly illustrated, you know, how, quickly things can change and it really is dependent on how clinical you are um and in the end when Cavani and Mbappe and Neymar were a little bit too wasteful um it's where Ronaldo was not and Ronaldo and Real Madrid were not so I I think that regardless of what it's difficult to you know predict exactly what is going to happen in these types of games because the teams are just so good there are going to be chances for both teams that is just without a shadow of a doubt and it's going to be fully dependent on whether the star players come and turn up whether Lewandowski is there scoring four goals like he did back in the day for Borussia Dortmund or whether it's the Ronaldo that pops up and scores a hat trick uh, against Bayern Munich as he did last year. So it's really going to be fully dependent on that. Um, and that's just how I, I see it. I think it's almost people, we love to really analyze these games. You know, that's sort of what football Twitter loves to do. It's all about, you know, the little analysis where someone's going to play, where he's going to play, where, where they're going to play, how they're going to be tactically at the end of the day, it's going to be a game that's very, very open. And it's, I think it's just going to come down to who converts their chances because when the team, when the level is this high, that's what it's really about for me is just who can sort of put their head down, focus, be clinical. Um, so I just, before we go, I know Ken's got to go. So just before we go, we'll go around and sort of give our little prediction of what we think is going to happen. We'll see if the, 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 the Real Madrid party can be a little objective here and maybe they think Byron will win, <laughs> but I wouldn't, believe it. I wouldn't believe it. So we'll go, We'll start with you, Jenna. Little, you, you can say what you think. I know I, I would be surprised if Bayern Munich are going through for you. Uh, Jenna, Tomas, Kian, and then I'll wrap it up from there. Uh, okay, but just before I say my predictions, I just want to ask if you know if Robin's going to play, because I've heard that he won't. Do you, uh, you know anything about that? I haven't heard anything about him not playing. Uh, I don't know oh. if anyone else has heard. I think, I, th- I, th- I, think, I, think the, I think, I think he'll be there. I'm not, not positive though. Okay. Um, I can't be objective actually right now, <laughs> but one thing that that this Champions League season has been unpredictable, so massively unpredictable. So I'm not really sure that we might be um, 
we might be playing really bad. We might be playing really good. I have no clue what's going to happen. <laughs> but eventually, it's Real, Real Madrid, and Real Madrid always wins <laughs> Champions League games. So, uh, I don't know. I have nothing to say. <laughs> it's good to score. It's good to score the winner, of course. But jokes aside, I think this, I think that Real Madrid. This is like my no. dream. <laughs> That would be, I mean, I think it won't have to come down to that just because I think at the end of the day, um, I think Madrid will be able to get a draw at the Allianz. I think we'll, I'll call that 2-2. And I think at the Bernabeu will probably be close, but I think in the second half, um, Madrid will just have too much for Bayern. Um, Bayern are good defensively. Uh, don't get me wrong. Obviously, Alaba, Boateng, Hummels, and, and Kimmich is a fantastic back line. But I think that we've seen Boateng in the past is uh, susceptible to, to mistakes. Uh, his concentration slips at times and I, as good as Hummels is sometimes lacks the pace and I think if you bring in a fresh Asensio, maybe even Vasquez or Bale uh, late in the game I think they can cause trouble so I think Madrid yeah. go through like 5-3 5-4 on aggregate it'll, I think it'll be close but like Jenna said it's it's the Champions League, it's Madrid you just you just know Madrid are going to win and I don't think I don't think we're going to need a Sergio Ramos or an Isco last minute winner in this one so just Simple Madrid win. I, I hope we don't. We won't need uh, last-minute uh, winners, but I hope both will play Ramos and Isco because they're very much needed. Very true. Kian, your prediction? I My have no idea. <laughs> I, I don't like the when when Jenna was like on the fence. I was like, oh my god, that's exactly how I feel. Like I feel so. I, I it's very difficult called for me to predict this one and but if someone put a gun to my head I would always choose Real Madrid because I believe in them like this is they they do things that are unpre- unprecedented in Europe even if their backs are against the walls but I wouldn't be surprised if they lose either but if I had to choose I'm going to say Real Madrid advance but it's going to be narrow and it's going to be uncomfortable definitely uncomfortable well I'll, I'll come in here and say that I think Real Madrid, Real, Real Madrid are going to win. I think that um, you know, I it would be nice to 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 see a team other than Real Madrid finally get a win in Europe. But I just think that um, you know, you did not just say this. Given given <laughs> everything about Real Madrid, and they just, they just seem to always get it done. And the last time I project, I predicted that Real Madrid would not advance. Uh, they made a mockery of that. So I'm going to just continue <laughs> sticking with Real Madrid because in the last three years, anyone who goes against Real Madrid. Just looks like a fool, and I don't want to be a Loses. fool yet again. So I'm going to go that Real Madrid win in a pretty exciting game. I don't see how it won't be, but I think that ultimately my boy, my boy Ronaldo, will find a way to score a couple goals, and Bayern Munich will unfortunately be out once again. So that's all the time I have right now. Um, thank you guys so much for being here. Really, really appreciated this discussion, and we will, you know, maybe maybe we'll get you. Guys back on before the inevitable Real Madrid final and then maybe again after the inevitable Real Madrid yeah 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 okay sure so again and thank you guys for being here Uh, that's all the time we have and maybe we'll get to some other discussions because we're hoping to well the next podcast maybe we'll change the subject so that way the the, the Madrid fans you know we can't always get we can't always be um, 
Uh, having having full Madrid bias, so maybe we'll change the topic next time. But at this point, Real Madrid is making it too difficult for us to not talk about them. So, what are we supposed to do? Uh, so, until next time, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening, and bye bye.